They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to the Two Bald Pastors podcast, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinobaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two pastors in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call the ELCA. Uh, Today, we welcome each other. So welcome, Joe. Thank you, Jeff. Welcome to you, too. We thought it would be fun today, since this is our second podcast, that we would actually more or less introduce ourselves, talk about who we are and what we are about and hoping to uh, share in this podcast together. Does that sound like a good plan, Joe? That sounds good to me. Great. So why don't we just get right to it? So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your backstory, who you are, what you're up to, things of that sort. Sure. So going back to the beginning, I was born in Pennsylvania. And when I was about two years old, my parents decided to move to New England. And I I think they were planning on moving to Maine. But as they were driving up uh, to New England, they stopped by and found this little country store in Vermont and decided to purchase a store, and we lived above it in an apartment for a while, and and uh, that was a really neat thing to experience when I was growing up. And then they eventually moved to Rutland, Vermont, where my parents currently live. So I grew up primarily in Rutland and attended Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Rutland, Vermont. It was a uh, a really nice experience growing up in Vermont, small town in Vermont, and decided that I wanted to explore and, and spread my wings a little bit when I went to college, decided to go to Luther College in Decor, Iowa, where I was originally a music education major, and but somewhere along the after the first year, I, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore, switched my major a number of times, and ended up leaving Luther College. And Okay. And I had a choice. I applied for Lutheran Volunteer Corps, AmeriCorps, and then a, a little camp in New Hampshire called Camp Calumet. And I've heard of it. You've heard of that before. Oh, good, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little camp and, and was accepted to be on the year-round staff at Camp Calumet. So I worked there for three years. I was hosting retreats. And, and I knew about Calumet because I started going there when I was eight years old and was on the summer staff. I was a counselor, arts and crafts department head, uh, day camp head counselor, program director for the family camp. So I had a number of positions on the summer staff, but on the year-round staff, I hosted retreat groups uh, from different churches all around New England. Yeah, cool. And did that for a number of years, finished my degree, then ended up as a youth director in Reading, Pennsylvania. I also ran an after-school program at the church and did some music ministry and realized during my time at Hope Lutheran Church in Reading, Pennsylvania, that I wanted to go to seminary. I wanted to go to seminary and, and to be a pastor. So went to seminary, had four great years in Philadelphia, and then went to upstate New York for my first call. And that was at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Baldwinsville, New York. And we were there for about five and a half years. And, you know, we said we would be there for a while. And then when we felt God was calling us to a new place, that we would explore that and Last year, felt that God was calling us to a, a new place, and now I am at Faith Lutheran Church here in Gardner, Massachusetts, and really enjoy it. It's, it's been a really great experience. We have a very active community. It's kind of unique where at one point there were three Lutheran churches in Gardner, and over the years they consolidated. Now we are one church, so we have some of that history, but now we are really looking forward to 
what we are in the future. One of the kind of neat things that, that came up over this past year uh, was working with a, a young adult in the congregation who's a senior in college and who is studying nutrition and dietitian. And so she and I have been working on this thing called Project Help, which help means health, eat, lead, and prosper. So we are doing some nutrition classes. We just finished up some cooking classes. And next year, we are looking to do a retreat at Camp Calumet, focused on on health and nutrition, and then a summer camp program. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. It has been funded by Wheat Ridge Ministries. We've received a grant from Wheat Ridge Ministries. And then the ELCA has given us a grant through their campaign for today for youth and young adults. So we received two grants to make this, this project happen. So really excited about that and really looking forward to see what that brings. And where along the way did you meet Katie? At Calumet. We actually met online, really before it was cool to meet online. So we, <laughs> we were starting the trend for that. And we met online, started talking to each other for a while, um, and actually talked together online and then wrote letters to each other back when that was cool for about three years before we met in person. Oh, cool. And then when we met in person, we... Uh, Really thought that this was a, a good thing between the two of us and, and kind of went from there. So we got married just before we went to seminary, and now we have two pretty good kids. No, no, they're good kids. They are. 11-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter. So it's been a, been an interesting interesting road to kind of get where we are today, but we're very excited and happy to be back in New England, closer to Katie's family, closer to my family, closer to friends, and doing some really good stuff here here in Gardner. Yeah, Great. So what about you, Jeff? What's your story? What's your deal? What is my deal? That is the <laughs> ultimate question. Uh, I grew up outside of Chicago in a town called Palatine. Uh, it was originally a German and Polish uh, farming community. So back in the day, the Germans were Lutherans and the, the Poles were Roman Catholics and kind of stayed on their side of the fence, more or less. Uh, by the time I grew up, it was becoming a bludgeoning suburb. And now it's a town of about 70,000, kind of in the middle ring of suburbs around Chicago. Uh, and all of the growing pains of that entails to become a diverse community. Uh, when I was growing up, I grew up on, my parents still live on the same street that I grew up on. We moved uh, four houses down the street when I was around eight years old. Uh, and I would say I grew up kind of in the heart of Christendom. I mean, we had everybody on my street was connected to the church. And basically, those two choices. They were either the Lutherans that went to the same congregation that I did or the Roman Catholics who went to their parishes. Uh, and everybody knew each other. Uh, you know, you did not dare step on your neighbor's grass because you knew you had to sit next to him the next day at church kind of a thing. <laughs> nice. Um, or, you know, throw the ball over there, right, where he just did some work. Yeah. So, um, and those things are actually things that did happen. So, um <clears throat> It was all part of the, there was a nice neighborhood feel. We'd have black parties, all that kind of stuff. And the church I grew up in was a, a nice uh, Lutheran congregation. It had a lot of activities around uh, families and young children, which I was at the time. And then I also went to another Lutheran congregation for day school, for kindergarten through eighth grade. So I basically spent my life growing up in the church. Wow. Uh, the flip side of that and the interesting wrinkle to that is uh, my father is an atheist, so he is not connected to the church at all. He would make us a big breakfast before we would go to church, but that's not a part of something uh, he wants to be connected with. Well, he was uh, supportive in that way, right? Supportive in that way, <laughs> right. But we've had some interesting debates or conversations over the years. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so for me, even being that immersed in Christian culture, especially in Lutheran culture, um, I never really took things for granted because I had two parents that I you know, cared and loved about uh, greatly uh, with different viewpoints on the world and what that looked like. One who was deeply involved in the faith community and one who is, uh, I would say, really connected to science and uh, those types of perspectives. And for me, I never saw the conflict between them, even though I would say a lot of people would say there is a conflict between religion and science. I always saw them as complementary. Mm. Uh, and so just for me, faith has always been something that's been in conversation. Uh, even the things that you really say are core beliefs are always things that can be discussed and uh, further explored. Uh, by the time I got to high school, the community had really grown in diversity. Uh, we had our lockers set up by uh, alphabetical order. So my last name is Cinebaldo, S-I-N-I, and uh, my neighbor for three years was S-I-N-G-H, uh, Preet Singh, and he was a Sikh. So he had the turban and he had uh, a different faith perspective entirely, and uh, we had some wonderful conversations uh, over our years together in a nice friendship. Uh, you know, just valuing people and um, seeing what they're all about, even though you come from a perspective, I think has always been kind of a core part of who I am. That's a really neat thing, especially seeing the people who went to the Lutheran Church and the Catholic Church, but then having someone who you were able to engage with who had a totally different perspective than yeah, yourself. Yeah, even, even growing up going to the Lutheran school, so the Lutheran school and the Catholic school, we shared a bus. So the uh, kids all got along and we were friends, but you could tell the difference because the Catholic kids had uniforms and we didn't. Right, right. Uh, so that was the distinguishing mark, more or less, but we all knew we were on the same page and same team. and So that was... A big part of my growing up was knowing the diversity of perspectives is a good thing. Uh, then I went to college. I went to Carthage College, which is a Lutheran college uh, in Wisconsin. My parents had both gone there and met there. Um, I went to also be a teacher, just like you did, uh, but for history. I was going to do social studies. I really liked anthropology and history and human development and all that kind of stuff. I liked psychology. I liked all those kind of real human-based um, humanity uh, type of places to kind of understand the world. And I uh, was going to do that, and then I had uh, some friends that had worked at another one of our Lutheran camps in Wisconsin and said, you know, you like kids and you like being outside, maybe you should work at camp. And I will say, then the rest is history, right? <laughs> right, right. So uh, I worked at Crossways, which is uh, three camps in central Wisconsin, and specifically for Pine Lake Camp, which is uh, just outside of Wapaka, Wisconsin, on a nice little lake. And uh, the second day there, I met Tammy, and I'll say, well, the rest is history there, too. So we've been together <laughs> uh, ever since 1994. Uh, we ended up working five summers at that camp. I did uh, two years as a cabin counselor with, with a group of kids. And then uh, one summer I uh, coordinated the, with a good friend of mine the weekend retreats. And then uh, came back one year to be the waterfront director. And another, our last summer, which was right before my internship during seminary, actually, we um, we were the summer directors. So, oh, nice. 
we it was one of those things we left the camp and then it was one of those i've accomplished all i've set out to do like (laughs) (laughs) i've reached the pinnacle of my existence (laughs) yeah especially because our director had left that summer also so we really were in charge for about four weeks we had a cook quit we had to hire somebody oh wow executive director was new only a few weeks too so we actually knew more what was going on at that point than he did right right so uh yeah it was a very interesting time but it was one of those we felt like we had accomplished it all at pine lake camp so that was pretty fun (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I went to seminary at uh, Luther Seminary. After taking a year in between college and uh, going back to school, my uh, college advisor gave me great advice and said, well, it seems like you're leaning towards this because I had sat in his office and talked about going to seminary. He said, well, you should find out if you like working at a church first, which I think is pretty sage advice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I did that. So we worked, uh, Tammy and I both, two different congregations as halftime youth directors and then at a different camp, Lutherdale, outside of Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Uh, we were part-time there as well. So we did retreats and we had day groups because we had a, a nature center and also a ropes course. Uh, and we, through that experience, met really our really a good group of core friends that we've stayed connected with over the years and have all been in ministry together one way, shape, or form since then. So I went to Luther Seminary in Minnesota. I did my internship in Avon, Connecticut, which is how I got connected to New England. And for me, what I loved about that was uh, now I was in an environment where Lutherans were not part of the normal culture. And, uh, you know, most people didn't know what a Lutheran even was, let alone, oh, that's not this. Um, Right. So I I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I did my... Uh, first call in South Dakota, and then that same congregation, uh, St. Matthew and Avon, asked me back as the associate uh, pastor there, and I did that for seven years. And then I had really started getting interested uh, near the end of my time there in church renewal. Again, after coming out of this perspective of being in the heart of Christendom and, and experiencing that to being in a basically a post-Christian environment or becoming more and more so, um, I wanted to explore that some more, so I started taking some courses uh, at the seminary in Philadelphia uh, and ended up uh, uh, getting an STM there. And about the time I was finishing up there, uh, the opportunity came to actually work with the congregation through some church renewal stuff uh, in New Canaan, Connecticut, uh, St. Michael's. I was there for four years working on a lot of those objectives with them. And... uh, a year ago, I came to St. Paul in Old Saybrook, so now I get to live right by the Long Island Sound, and uh, the kids, we have two kids as well, uh, 12 and 10, uh, a nice environment for them to grow up, and uh, we're, we're digging it. I, I really like this congregation in the sense they've got a lot of mission focus in their community. Uh, they, they don't take a lot of things for granted like a lot of churches do. Uh, they know it's all about the future and want to move in that direction, and we're exploring together what that looks like. So uh, it's it's been good. So yeah, here we are, and we're uh, looking at the future. Um, another interest of mine, and, and Joe's helped a lot with this as well, has kind of been thinking about uh, faith formation and what that looks like. Again, having experienced a vibrant congregation with a lot of children in two places as a young person, um, and then coming to a basically a post-Christian environment, and now in the digital age, just thinking about how do we raise people up in faith uh, when the world really is a different place. I mean, as I shared earlier, uh, 
you know, I knew everybody on my street growing up, and I knew which church they went to, and I sat next to half of them on Sunday morning, and now we live in a place where none of my friends, my children, the friends of my children, none of them go to church, and I don't think anybody on our street goes to church. So, you know, that's a totally different world. So It is. It's a totally different world, and it's trying to figure out why, uh, why well, why people have the priorities that they do and, and why in this world today is, does it seem to be so hard to really connect what we do on a Sunday morning with our, with our life or really uh, asking the question the other way, you know, why, why should we be involved in, in, in faith in our daily life? Which I think majority of people, at least in New England are asking, they, they see this, this thing called the church and they know that church kind of does, good stuff for people, but then saying, well, why should I be a part of that? Yeah, and, and I would say, too, I mean, just having the background of, of always having faith in conversation in my own life through my family and other other things, people that I knew, I wouldn't say people are not faithful or they no, are no. seeking God or they don't even understand that God is a part of their lives. I would say they do. But it's so then it becomes about how do we as a community connect that to what they're experiencing? Right, I think it's more of the question about the church as an institution rather than a person's yeah. faith life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a that's a great story, and, and one of the interesting things I, I think is that we've only known each other for about a year or so, and and but we we've kind of come on similar paths. You know, we both right. have kind of the camp experience, and we both um, have had a time of of discernment and, and trying to figure out where we're going to go in in our lives, and and I think that's really kind of a kind of a neat thing. And I think, too, uh, just listening to your story and thinking about forming mine, I think for both of us, and I don't want to speak for you, but I will, <laughs> not this big lightning bolt experience that said, aha, this right. is what I'm going to do, and now I have all the wisdom and knowledge to do it. I can speak especially for me. It's been one step at a time and a lot of discovery uh, along the way. Yeah, I, I I agree. That's the kind of direction that my life has headed as well. It wasn't some sort of brilliant thing that I that I knew that I wanted to do. It was a long time of discernment, and, and really, I, I feel as though God has nudged me and said, okay, you know, here's another experience where I think I'm calling you to ministry, and, and it takes a while to for, for me to catch on to that sometimes, but, but you know, we got the message, and now we're here, and, and <laughs> the, I think the other thing that we share is that we're two bald pastors, right? That's right. So, uh, so what, where, where's uh, what's what's your bald story? <laughs> so my initial bald story is I was working on a shed with my father-in-law. I was about 22. We were building a shed up by their cabin uh, over the course of a weekend, and at the time I had pretty long, flowing, curly hair. Oh, I'm sure it was beautiful. It was it was gorgeous, Joe. <laughs> it was spectacular. I loved it. It was crazy. It looked like if you ever take a, a mop. And you just flip it upside down. I mean, that was kind of the hairstyle. <laughs> good, good, good. Nice. And it was just as wily and, and crazy, uh, curly and stuff like that. Hard to control. But I was uh, working on this shed, and I came home from the weekend, and I noticed on my forehead that I was sunburnt. And that was a new experience for me. And then over the course of several months, uh, as I was uh, getting myself prepared in the morning, I was finding more and more hair in my hands as I was uh, brushing it out. Oh, no. And uh, it was not soon long after that I started going shorter with my <laughs> style, and it started uh, winnowing away. Although I will say I really loved the day when I got a big bald spot on the back of my head, because for the first 
part of my life up until then, I was always fighting this nasty colic. And when the last <laughs> of that section of hair finally stopped growing. No I, more colic. I rejoiced. It was great. Not nice. fighting with this thing anymore. How about you? <laughs> nice. I, I, I like that. So similar experience. I had this beautiful head of hair when I was younger and and then over the years, it just seemed to, to... See, I think my problem was I really never had control over my hair. You know, it was always... I have really curly hair. If it, got long, if it gets long, it gets really curly and, and unmanageable. And, and so I <laughs> didn't want to fight that anymore. So one day, I just took the razor and just shaved it all off. Nice. And at first, I didn't like that look. But the older I got, it just sort of naturally was shorter and non-existent. So, so yeah, so I... Actually, not too long ago, maybe about six months or so, I decided to really just grow out all my hair. So I was growing out my my hair, and my I had this beard, and you had a beast of a beard. I did have a beast of a beard, and but then I, I just it just became too much, and I felt a little claustrophobic with all that hair and all that 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 beard. So I said, "That's it. I'm, I'm making the choice. I'm I'm gonna, you know, cut it all off." And and here I am. Yeah, I remember I used to be able to uh, at least in college tuck the hair bet- behind my ears. Or if I pulled the curls in the front all the way down, it'd be past my chin. Wow, nice. And, and now that I, I shave it, because I really shave it, you know, like with a razor yep, yep. under the skin, when I've got a little bit of stubble, like on day four or five, I'm starting to feel like a hippie. I really need a hippie. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's funny how your perspective changes. It does, it does. <laughs> So here we are, we're doing this podcast. Uh, what are some of your hopes for it as we continue to have fun conversations with people? And yeah. Ourselves? yeah, I've always felt that there was something larger out there for me, something that I really want to be connected to. I, I love being connected to my church. I love kind of connecting with my family and friends and that sort of thing. But I f- feel that God has been calling me to something a little bit bigger. And, and I don't know if this podcast is it, but I'm really excited about it now. I, I'm really excited to be able to connect with you and to be able to connect with uh, those who are listening to our podcast and, and those people who come on as as guests to the podcast. So so I think I approached you about doing something like this um, yeah. because I've really enjoyed talking with you. I think we get along, have a similar history and, and that sort of thing. And so my hope is really just to be able to have conversations, be able to connect with, with people and to be able to share our faith stories. And like we said, you know, how does our faith story connect with our life story? And right. how do those two intertwine? You know, how do we intersect God's story into our own stories? And and really just have conversation and show each other and, and discern with each other what God is calling us to do in this world. Because I think we all have callings and sometimes I think it's hard to kind of figure out what those callings are and, and this digital media age that we live in, it information can be accessible pretty easily and to have a podcast where we, we have an opportunity to share our faith without really trying to convince someone of, of right. what we're trying to believe or, or to force them to believe in something else. It's just sharing information, engaging in conversation and and hopefully uh, connecting with each other and helping people connect with God. And I think that's really great. I, uh, s- similar for me, I think uh, one, just being able to connect together, I think is really fun. Uh, but also, uh, just to go back, I mean, growing up in the, the culture where, you know, faith says one thing and science is one thing and never shall the two meet and just really always having challenged that because I experienced something different from that. Uh, and now we live in a time, I think, where people think faith and, quote, the real world or the secular world are two places that never shall meet. 
Right. And uh, we know that that's not true. And it, right. it happens all the time in all kinds of conversations. And I'm interested in exploring that together with you. And I'm also interested in exploring that with people that we're going to talk with who are trying to engage that and say, okay, uh, we know that faith is really important to us. This is our experience of it. And we're trying some things uh, to try to connect with others around these topics. And uh, I think to be able to have the opportunity to have those conversations, uh, to me, it's kind of exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more of that. I am too. I, and I think it is, like you said, you know, it's not, we don't live in a world where things are just kind of compartmentalized anymore. It's not like I go to church and then I leave church and then I go home and do my family stuff and then I go to work. I think we live more and more in a world where everything's kind of intertwined. And I, I find myself tr- having a hard time, you know, connecting the different parts of my life together because I've, I've grown up in the mindset where, yeah, we do this and then we do this and, and nowhere should the two meet. But trying to find ways to where we can connect our entire life and have a whole life a model of, of being in the world is a really kind of neat and great thing. So Yeah, and the fun and real discovery is in the overlap. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, we've got a few uh, conversations coming up, too, we've had already that we're really excited to share with you. Uh, the first one we had with Clinch Neckloth. He's a pastor down in Fayetteville, Arkansas at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. Uh, he's been down there for a few years. He's doing a lot of things with digital media. He's explored a lot around um, new faith formation techniques, remembering uh, the catechumenate. We'll talk about that a little bit, which is just about basically forming faith in conversation with people. And uh, also just uh, things he's working on. He writes a pretty prolific blog that connects with a lot of people, and he is the creator of a Facebook page for clergy people just like us in the ELCA that's now over 6,000 people. We're looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. And we're also looking forward to sharing a conversation that we had with uh, Keith Anderson, who is pastor at the Upper Dublin Lutheran Church in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And he has also done a lot uh, with... Uh, digital media and and things along that nature. A great book of his, uh, The Digital Cathedral, is something we uh, shared a conversation with. And it's fun to talk with Keith because the three of us are friends. So yeah, yeah. Kind of reconnect uh, that way and, and share some of their insights and uh, explore them for ourselves as well. So we look forward to sharing those conversations with you in coming, coming episodes. Yeah, we have a number of people lined up for some interviews. We're hoping to line up some more in the near future. And if you, know, you, the listener, have an idea of someone we should talk to or something that we should talk about, at this point, the best way to let us know is just to email us. Uh, TwoBaldPastors at gmail.com is an email address you can send something to. And we'll get that and we'll explore those ideas as well. And, and I think in the future, as we get going here, we're going to set up more on opportunities for us to be able to connect with, with you, the listener, through uh, different social media avenues or different uh, things that we are able to create ourselves uh, to build this this bald community is that is that a good way to call it? a bald community or <laughs> you know uh, my my nickname in high school was baldo which was baldo, there you go <laughs> because it was a play on my last name but at the time i had such luscious hair so uh, i guess <laughs> so, so a little ironic there but now it's good it's iron, really kind of, ironic truth that yeah, right, right 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 so a bald building a bald community right? <laughs> Um, we love you all. One hair at a time, right? Building a bald community, one hair at a time. 
That's right. All right. Well, Joe, take us home. Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to this podcast. And if you'd like to uh, subscribe, please do. You can listen to us on iTunes and subscribe there or Stitcher Radio. So we are two bald pastors who are connecting our real faith with our real life. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors.